it was during my second week that God was speaking to me about staying. I didn't like it here. It was so hot. I didn't have friends. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. There's no way. That next week, the leader of the whole base said just the simplest thing, and it changed my life. If you tell Jesus no, then he can't be your Lord. Instantly broke my heart because, of course, I wanted Jesus to be my Lord. So, okay, God, if you're calling me here, then that's what I'll do. Then I started to fall in love with Mazatlan. Then I started to love the base, love what I was doing, and fall in love with the city and the people here. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. Episode 5, as we roll along, it's Michael Fiesel Day. If you or someone you know or you want to nominate someone to be on the podcast, send an email to butels at gmail.com, B-E-U-T-E-L-S at gmail.com, and we will send you the appearance form and follow-up to discuss. Before we get into today's conversation, we were very pleased to have David and Candy Wigington in our midst this past Sunday night and challenged by a word from David as well. And frontman Gene spoke for a bit. Let's hear some of that. God shows up in the everyday stuff of life. It's Nothing takes him by surprise. He's preparing a table in the presence of our enemies, and he's, he's with us. And just expect him to show up in those everyday things, whether it's for a miracle or whether it's to open up a door for you to minister or to love somebody or to share hope for somebody. You are the conduit that the Lord will be using this week to, to change the world. Some of us, I think we wake up in the morning and we're thinking, God, just do something crazy awesome in my life. Or do, you know, show up in a crazy, like a miraculous way. But I've found that more often than not, it's just in the mundane stuff that he just shows up. And he still does stuff that we could never do if he didn't show up and reveals himself to the world through us. And you're making a difference, church. No back row beat this week. We say hello to a vacationing Ashley. She should be back for the next episode. If you didn't think Michael Fiesel was talkative, today might change your mind. We're going to hear her story of her move to Mexico and how God has changed her life through that. This is our first remote location podcast. So I'm talking to a computer, essentially. Uh, You know, she is in Mexico. So there is some dropout every once in a while. We hope that with context, you can still tell uh, what the missing words were supposed to be. Find out more about her journey uh, on the Facebook page, which is Michael for Mazatlan. And we hope you'll be in prayer for ways that you can contribute as well to her ministry. And as you listen along, you might have your Bible open to Isaiah 61. That's going to come in handy. Thanks for listening. (music) 
since we last saw you around here on a regular basis, which I guess would be going back to spring of 2017, walk yeah. walk us through what, what has happened in your life since then. Catch us up. Okay. <laughs> so in last June, I came to Mazatlan, Mexico for discipleship training school. So a DTS. And basically I had no idea what I was getting myself into, but I'm so glad I did. <laughs> basically that school changed my life. It, so for the first 12 weeks I was taking classes and each week was a different subject, learning about like the character and nature of God or, and hearing God's voice and father heart of God. And each week is a different subject with a different teacher. And it made me realize that I actually didn't really know God and I didn't actually have a solid relationship with him. And so I'm like learning all these things through the school and God's changing my life and speaking to me about staying in Mazatlan. He actually spoke to me about staying in Mazatlan my second week at that school, which is crazy, but that's cool. <laughs> and then I went, so I finished the lecture phase, which was 12 weeks. And then I did the like practical part, which we call outreach, where you go to a different country or you go to different Mexico. And I went to Brazil and it was the best time of my life. <laughs> I had so many adventures and just learned a lot about myself and a lot about having a heart for other people and just sharing Jesus with other people. And it was amazing. Also during that school, I got called me to the art school. It's called the Art Evangelists School. And it's learning how to use art for evangelism. And that also changed me way more than I thought it was going to. So after my DTS, I came home for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then I came back to Mazatlan in January and participated in the first art evangelist school here in Mexico. So before this first time, it was only in Australia. And so this is the first time it's been in Mexico and I've, I participated in that. And I learned about my role as an artist and that like, it's so much more than just, oh, I have a talent and I do it and it's fun or whatever. It's part of my calling it's part of who God has made me and learned all about that and during so that's the same thing where it's like a lecture phase for 12 weeks and then an outreach so during the lecture phase we were doing ministry and learning about like having a pure heart and making art with a pure heart and about designing the Holy Spirit and all these things it was really cool yeah so then God started to give me a heart for this ministry that we were doing um, where we were super poor neighborhood and um, did art with kids. And I think that that was really important to me because that's something I'm going to talk about because it's next. <laughs> there's, I feel like there's so many things because this is all here, like the past year of my life. Yeah. Yeah. So 12 weeks of lecture for the art school. And then I went on outreach and we went to Cuba for a month. And Cuba is really different than I thought it was going to be. And literally everyone there has a talent and is super amazing at it. Like we would be painting like in the park or whatever. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I paint. And they show us little pictures on their phone and it looks like stuff that belongs in a museum. And wow. it blew my mind. And yeah, it was just so crazy. Or they're all like really good at dancing or singing or yeah, really crazy. And then we helped with a art festival, which we worked with like a local church in calling artists to do art for God. So we, that was like a three-day festival that we participated in. 
we also worked with local churches and held uh, art therapy sessions and we worked with kids a lot. We did home visits and we did a lots of little pieces of giveaway art. And then we came back from Cuba and went to Mexico City and did kind of the same thing where we were doing like live paintings in the park and giving away art and yeah, just sharing God's heart for people through our art, which is so cool. We spent a week in Mexico City and we spent a week in Durango, which is more close to Mazatlan. And yeah, kind of did more of the same things. We worked with a YWAM base there. And yeah, we just spent made really good relationships with the staff and I was able to encourage them. We did lots of giveaway art. That's mostly what we do is we make these small pieces of art and people. And it's just an opportunity to talk to them about God. Like we give them a gift so they're open. And then we just start talking about God and start asking about their life. And we, I had this one over the whole outreach, this one specific time in Durango, we were in a university, a technical university. And I made this super simple piece. And I just like wrote out a verse of the Bible. I was talking about trusting God. And I gave it to this girl who's just chilling out by herself. And when she read it, like she like looked up at me and started bawling her eyes out. And so obviously the spirit was moving because she was crying like, okay, cool. <laughs> I people cry because that means that God is doing something. So I'm like, okay, cool. This is my time. Like, and she's English. So that was so helpful. <laughs> and just got to like pray over her and invest in her. And it was really, really cool. Yeah. And I got back in Mazatlan after that week and started my staff training and yeah, now I'm staffing here at Iowa Mazatlan and I'm staffing the DTS, which is that first school that I did. And that, that DTS started like two weeks ago. All right. So we're going to unpack a little bit of that. So you originally went down, and by the way, this is all through YWAM, correct? Yeah. So you originally went for DTS with YWAM, Discipleship Training School, yep. which was supposed to last how long again? Five months. <laughs> and then at that point, you thought you were headed back here? Or yeah. thought that, that was a possibility? Yeah. But you're saying that as soon as two weeks in, you begin to feel a tug to stay down there? Yeah, definitely. Speaking with Michael Fiesel, what has been the transition in your heart from that period to now you're on staff and in leadership, correct? This, yeah. this is what you do, who you are now. What has that transformation been like for you? It's been, it's actually been really hard <laughs> because when you're a student, everyone is investing you in wanting to watch you grow, which is so amazing. And it's a blessing. But now transitioning to staff, I have a lot more responsibility because now I have to do that for other people. And it's been a learning process, but it's been good because I'm, I know that I'm growing and God is teaching me a lot about what it looks like to be a leader and what it looks like to just disciple someone instead of being discipled. And it's just been really interesting for sure. When did that possibility arise that you could stay on as staff? And was that a, a decision process for you or did you know right away that that's what you were going to do? Um, so like I said, like it was during my second week of DTS that God was speaking to me about staying and I actually said no because <laughs> I didn't <laughs> because it, I didn't like it here it was so hot I didn't have friends and I I didn't even know what I was doing and I said no and I said no I'm not going to do that there's no way 
But then that next week, the leader of the whole base spoke to our school and he said just the simplest thing and it changed my life. He said, if you tell God no, then he can't be your Lord. If you tell Jesus no, then he can't be your Lord. And that instantly broke my heart because of course I wanted Jesus to be my Lord. So like, okay, God, if you're calling me here, then that's what I'll do. And then I started to fall in love with Mazatlan. Then I started to love the base and love what I was doing and fall in love with the city and the people here. And yeah, so that's when I decided that I, I knew I was going to come back as staff, but I think it was my seventh week that someone approached me about doing the art school and they didn't know that I did art at all. And they're like, Hey, I feel like God is telling you to think about doing the art school. Like, okay, I'll think about it. Didn't know it existed. So I prayed about it and felt like that was something that I should do. And I'm glad I did it because I think that has something to do with what I'll be doing as staff, maybe after staffing the DTS. And then, so when I came back in January, I, I knew I was going to be coming back as staff, but I thought it was probably going to be in September. But then I figured, why would I wait? Because I knew that's what I wanted to do. And because I left the country for Cuba, I didn't, my visa was good. My visa, like it wasn't expired. Like I could stay. Normally I leave every six months because of the visa, but because I left the country and came back, my visa has been renewed. So I knew that I could stay. So that's what I decided to do. And it's been really crazy because normally people go home and raise support and talk to people and raise support for three months and then they come back and staff. Or instead of, I just immediately started staffing after school, which it's a little crazy, but I knew that what I was supposed to do. What does it currently mean for you to be staffing a DTS? What does that look like? So we have six people who are staffing the DTS and each of us have our own roles. For me personally, like I help like lead small groups and I help organize worship, which is crazy because I don't do anything. I don't, I don't think that I'm musically talented at all, but they put me in charge of worship. So that's what I do. And then I, I have like a one-on-one. So like I'm assigned to one student and every week I meet that student and we just, she just processes things with me. So that's one of my responsibilities. I'm also in charge of like, so each week we have a new speaker that comes and I'm in charge of making sure that speaker gets here and they're taken care of and charge of like being hospitable to them. So those are like my duties, I guess, but it takes every part of me to be leading a DTS because these are students who are coming and ready to be changed and ready to hear God. So it takes every part of my being to invest in them and make sure that, that they are hearing from God and that I'm creating an environment where they can hear God's voice and that they can process things with because they just moved from one country to another five months and they don't know what they're doing with their lives. So I'm there to process things with them. And it's really cool. And just to be a part of that transformation. And then, so usually each DTS has like different themes that they can be a part of. So this summer we have three different themes. We have a media theme. It's called Trailblazers, which just, it means pioneering, so either that pioneering ministries or whatever. And then there's one called Compassion, which I'm actually leading. And that's leading, like just teaching what compassion looks like. And I'm starting a new ministry that. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. 
I feel like there's so much and I can't get it all out in one thought. Do, do you have a typical day right now? What does that look like if there is a typical day? Oh, so like today. So I've been, this is something new. Actually, it's not new. I'm trying to get back into the habit of it. This morning I woke up at 4.40 a.m. So I could be at someone's house by 5 a.m. Because they hope like a quiet time, like just a time to spend with God, but we do it together to hold each other accountable. So that's what I started my day with. I woke up at 4.40 to be at someone's house by 5 a.m. and spent like probably two hours reading my Bible and just talking with God. And then I ate breakfast at 7, and then at 8.30 I had a meeting about our students, and we just prayed for them, and we talked about our outreach locations and how we're going to announce that to them and I need to make signs and decorations for that and then at nine I went to base and we had base intercession so like the whole base like the students the staff everyone comes together and we intercede for whatever we do it every week so like this week we interceded for construction because our base is under construction and we need it to have just like a super natural acceleration because we're so behind schedule. So we interceded for that. And then at 11, I went to class with the students, but because our base is under construction, we're having our classes in someone's house. So instead of sitting in class, I watched the son of that family, the house that we're staying in. I watched their baby instead of sitting in class. I babysat and then I came back. I ate lunch super quick. And then I grabbed my stuff and went to another class for me, not for students. Like I'm also taking a leadership school at the same time. And I went to class and then I came back here and and now I'm doing this with you. And after this, I'm going to go out to ministry and then I'm done. Today. And for then the, I'll do something else tomorrow. So for the listeners, we're recording this at about five o'clock in the end of time. So that's shortly after three o'clock your time. So you've already put in a full day before you came to see us. um, And thanks for doing this, by the way. I have more questions now than I've ever had, uh, which means it's it's time to take a break. Um, Speaking with Michael Fiesel on the Big C, Little C podcast. Michael, what's the best way that people can uh, keep up with you? Is it the Michael for Mazatlan Facebook page? Is that the best way? Yeah. Yeah, that's the best to keep updated on one thing. Uh, Hopefully in the future I can have like my own website. But right now that's the best format to keep updated. Yeah, go to Facebook, search Michael, M-I-C-H-A-L for Mazatlan. I don't know how to spell that. Um, M-A-T-A-T-L-A-N. Yeah, and so that's a good... Um, we're going to talk about some support you need to raise. Also, when we get back from the break, I'm going to ask you about your upbringing and how it has equipped you for your current service for the kingdom. So we'll, I'll let you think about that. We'll be right back. I'm Alicia. And I'm Daniel, Ben Adonai from He Is Revival Ministries. Our heart is to see the church healthy, whole, and moving in the power of God. We've dedicated our lives as traveling ministers to help support and encourage the church, to help build up the church, advance the kingdom, and bring a true message of revival. We'd love for you to partner with us in prayer and financially. Connect with us online at heisrevival.com. Click on Give to make a monthly recurring donation. And keep up with us on facebook.com slash heisrevival. Hey, this is Gene, the front man at Current Church. and Glad you found our podcast. Hope you'll find something that you can enjoy and you can take away with you. 
You can hit me up directly, uh, gene at currentchurch.net. Love to field any questions you might have regarding me or the church or the podcast or anything that's happening there. Hopefully you'll find out through this time that we're just a family of people that love Jesus and are working it all out from day to day, just trying to figure it out as we go with the Holy Spirit directing us every step of the way. Yeah, we make some mistakes, but I think we're probably doing some stuff right. If you ever want to visit us, you can find us at 230 Commerce Drive. We meet at the Gear in Franklin, 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. You can sleep in, come hang out on Sunday night. It's what I do. You can visit our website, currentchurch.net, or on all the social medias-ish. Instagram at currentchurchfranklin, Facebook slash currentchurch. This is my best radio voice. It's also the only voice I have. Hey, now back to the podcast. Welcome back to Big C, Little C, a podcast ministry of Current Church. A couple weeks ago on the Back Row Beat, Ashley was asking people what they thought about when they heard the word missions, and your dad was one of the interviewees. And he threw in there, I don't even know if this made it to air, but um, during his, his raw audio, he mentioned he now has essentially an empty nest currently because uh, missions was a thing that was modeled for you girls growing up, and now you're all gone, uh, yeah. which is a good thing. You've been sent out, and we haven't even mentioned your sister Macy is now in Mazatlan for a DTS as well. What can you point to from your background and your spiritual upbringing that has prepared you for where you are now? Wow. I I think my mom a little bit, but I don't think she knew she was doing it when she was doing it. <laughs> so me and I were homeschooled for like kindergarten, first and second grade. And one of the things that she did was read this book together called, well, there's a couple books, but there's a book called Missionary Stories with the Millers, where every chapter is just like a different story about missionaries how God saved them from lions or how they provided food or how they got all these Bibles or something like that. And I think that kind of sparked, that was a little seed. My mom didn't know that when she was reading those books to us. Or, and there's another book, like an ABC book, but it was like every letter was an unreached people group. And which is just crazy, like an unreached people group that don't have Bibles. So she would like read that to us and, she was planting those seeds and didn't know it. We always, always had this giant map up in our house. Well, in one of our houses, because we lived in a lot of places. And we lived in this apartment, and we had this big map up on there. And I remember Millie always saying, Mom, I'm going to go to China. I'm going to go swim across the ocean to go to China. Or, yeah, just like always having different cultures and these things planted in us when she was homeschooling us. And she had... I don't think she had any idea that she was doing that. But I think that's kind of sparked it, or at least planted the seed. And, yeah, so I didn't even, I don't think I, like, really got super into missions until I started going to youth group at Current. Like, what year is that? Probably, like, 2012, I think. I was in eighth grade, and my youth pastors, Anna and AJ, they went on a mission trip to Africa. And when they got back, they told us all these stories and all these pictures and it just blew my mind because I didn't think that like normal people could go do missions. Like it like took really crazy people to do it. And I was, I'm like, well, my neighbors did it. My youth pastors did it. I can do it too. So I did some research and I found uh, 
organization. It doesn't exist anymore. It's called Global Expeditions. And took the young kids and took them on like short-term trips. And when I was 15, I went on a mission trip to Haiti for two weeks, I believe. And that definitely, I like caught the missions bug. And I couldn't ever stop thinking about it. And I ended up going back to Haiti again in 2015, a senior in high school. And yeah, I don't know, it just continued to like fester, to grow. I'm going to use the seed things. The, the plant of the seed and then it, that's doing all these little trips, these little things that started to grow and grow more. And even like I did go to college and I went because I wanted to, I wanted to do media, but I wanted to do it for missionaries which I don't even, I mean, I'm a missionary. I don't necessarily do media anymore, but that's okay. But like, that was the whole reason I went to college was to do media, to do missions. And am I answering the question? <laughs> Absolutely. I like the word fester. Okay. I like the word fester, by the way. We'll also use that. Um, okay. So there's no way we're going to have enough time to answer all my curiosities. Yeah. So I'm going to ask the most important stuff that's on the top of my mind right now. Earlier, you talked about your use of art is there something in the culture there where people are more receptive to art maybe than in our culture? Yeah, definitely. The Mexicans are the most creative people ever, I think, in my opinion. And they're super receptive to art, not just like painting and that kind of stuff, but also like music and dancing because that's, yeah, that's a part of their culture. Even here in Mazatlan, you can walk down the street and someone someone out on the street is play, playing their guitar or playing their trumpet so loud you can hear it from a mile away or everything is hand painted every sign you see is probably hand painted by hand and you go into people's houses and they have murals and they have all this art everywhere because it's just part of who they are they're so full of color and that's just how god made them to be so full of art and it's one of the best ways to communicate to them i believe is that something because that you knew before you went down there no i had no which is yeah speaking with michael fiesel so how has your art changed i think earlier you mentioned making art with a pure heart yeah that's fascinating to me how can you explain that to us yeah so whatever is in your heart is going to come out whether it's good or bad and i definitely notice a difference in my art from before I did my DTS when I was in college and I would just doodle on my notebooks and stuff and it wouldn't necessarily be like, not that they were bad, but maybe more dark and I didn't realize it. It was to me, I was like, oh, this just looks cool. But now going through the process of like having God change my heart and when I do make art, I try to make sure that my heart is clean before just because... I don't want to make something that's not going to glorify God. And they usually, yeah, God usually uses my, make my art more, I don't know, more like joyful and more full of who he is mm. instead of who I am because my heart is full of him instead of myself. That's really cool. And then you mentioned you were in charge of worship. So you have your guitar down there with you? <laughs> um, I bought a guitar. Oh, you um, did? And... It doesn't really get played that much because it doesn't stay in tune. Like, it was so cheap. I bought it because I wanted to practice, and I've been trying to learn how to play guitar for forever. Like, okay, well, I need to practice with something. So I bought it, and 
I can't, it won't even stay in tune, so that sucks. But I don't actually lead the worship, I just organize it. <laughs> but you do worship. <laughs> worship, but I don't lead it. I just organize it. I get, I say, I say, hey, you, can you sing? Can you play guitar? And then you can choose songs because I don't understand that. So you can do it. <laughs> what kind of songs are you guys doing? Um, we usually do try to do half and half between English and Spanish. Okay. And I think I know way more. Like, I know the songs are originally in English, but I don't know them in English. I only <laughs> know them in Spanish. Funny. But I actually like it. I'm trying to think of, like, a popular one that we do in Spanish. Uh, I can't even think of the English name. That's called a... Vida Tu Me Das. <laughs> you don't even know what it is. <laughs> How much Spanish do you speak on a, on a daily basis? Uh, on a daily basis, not as much as I should. Yeah. I now where I can understand just about everything. Wow. But speaking is just other level and i'm getting there my goal which is a pretty high goal is to be fluent in spanish by the end of this dts which is like november that's pretty quick <laughs> yeah that's my goal i can translate from spanish to english kind of but the other way around not so much yeah well inquiring minds want to know uh yeah. do, do you have a dog with you there <laughs> i have like three street dogs that <laughs> sometimes I feed them but I mostly just pet them I'm not allowed to have any pets like where I'm living right now so that sucks but maybe next year I can move into a place that will allow me to have a dog <laughs> so that's the most sacrificial thing of all for you is to be in a place where you're being used of God and not allowed to even have a dog yeah actually it sucks a lot I cry a little bit every day <laughs> so the dog that we're hearing in the background is not yours. No, that's our neighbors. At least you're surrounded by dogs. Yeah. People that I am. know you will know what that's all about. As we think about wrapping up here, what are your current fundraising challenges and how can people get involved? Yeah, so so I'm a full time missionary, which means full time support. Um right now my monthly goal is to have like around four about $400 a month. And right now I have $0 a month, which is cool because <laughs> God is teaching me a lot through that. I'm also, because I'm staff, I'm taking a leadership school to learn how to be a leader. <laughs> and But that takes money too. So that's about $300, which isn't really that much, honestly. And then, so because I'm staffing a DTS, I will be going on outreach with the students in September. So I'll have to pay for that, and that'll probably be, I don't know the exact number because I don't know exactly where I'm going, <laughs> but that'll be somewhere between 1500 and probably $2,000 that I'll need by September. So I imagine it's a little bit harder to fundraise while you're there on site than it is back here at home uh, amongst friends and family. Yeah, definitely. Um Specifically, if somebody is able to give, uh, or practically speaking, how do they do that? So there's a couple ways. You can donate through my PayPal, which I'll get. I'll receive that money immediately. Um, my PayPal is michael.feasel at gmail.com. Okay. Um, I, there's also a link on my Facebook page for that. Um, if you want to do regular do donations, like you want to do it every month, there's a way to set that up through the Givelify app that we do through church. And my name is an option for where you want to send your money. So that's an option. 
and that's tax deductible. And then you can also donate directly through the YWAM Mazatlan page. Um, and you just have to select staff member or staff fees. I don't remember what it says. Then type my name in, and that's also tax deductible. So those are the three ways now. Cool. So we'll see you at the holidays, correct? Possibly? Yeah, I'm planning on being home for Christmas, definitely. Unt- I've home longer, but I don't know what that looks like yet. Sure. So until then, what do you want the, the current family to know about your current journey? No pun intended. And how should we be praying for you? Um, yeah. Obviously, God has changed my life for the past year, and it's been the most exciting adventure, and I love it. And there's a few things that you guys can be praying for. One, definitely to learn Spanish by November. That's a really big goal. Definitely for my financial situation, because that's kind of the most critical thing right now. And then also for, I'm kind of pioneering a ministry and with this DTS, and I want to make that a ministry that's going to last past the DTS, like hopefully something more full-time. Before we say goodbye, I'm going to give you the opportunity to exercise your leadership skills and your... Uh, the um spiritual maturity that you're growing into you said you said uh you're currently teaching a class on compassion correct yeah and what that looks like how about a little two minute spiel for the current family on what compassion looks like okay so open your body (laughs) (laughs) as 61 and those first three verses talk about what god has called us to do as far as what compassion looks like. And I think the most important thing that I've learned is that compassion isn't a feeling, it's an action. And it looks like taking care of people who are poor, comforting those who are just like down in the dumps. It's just being there for people who are in need. And that's basically what the Great Commission is, is to love people and to show through your actions. And like, oh, I'm, I'm here for you, and I love you, and whatever. It's like, no, I'm going to be there. I'm going to take care for you. You need a meal. Here's a meal. You need a place to stay. Here's a place to stay. And, yeah, it's action. That's what compassion is. Awesome. Very, very nicely done. Um, time went so quickly. Um, didn't really even get into Cuba, which I had curiosity about. But um, I think we grazed everything. All right. Well, it's it's been awesome. So much that yeah. I, I didn't know, but it's it's been cool to to know that you've been sent out and just today hearing the passion in your voice about where you are, what you're doing. And let's wrap up this way. At the very beginning, you said that once you got down there and began the learning process that you came to the realization that you didn't really know God. Um, yeah. And I think probably a lot of us kind of have that epiphany at, at some point or another. Um. <laughs> what has your process been in that journey? And then we'll wrap up there. Yeah. So I thought grew up my whole life. I, thought I knew everything was to know about God, but then I got here, just the environment that I was put in, I was forced to only depend on him. And that really changed my perspective of who he was and really challenged how much. Yeah. How much I thought I knew of him and I think we can try to understand God loves us, but there's no possible way that we can comprehend that. And through this process, I've been able to 
taste a little bit more of that and it's changed my life and God has revealed things that I didn't realize I struggled with and has just spoken so much truth into me and yeah I don't know <laughs> I feel like I could talk on and on about it but <laughs> that's a little yeah well that's that's the cliff note version that's what I was looking for um great job Michael I know there's uh, a lot of work to do in the near future with the fundraising at this yeah. point let's revisit the ways to give you can donate through my PayPal, michael.feasel at gmail.com. There's also a link on my Facebook page for that. If you want to do regular donations, like you want to do it every month, there's a way to set that up through the Givelify app that we do through church. My name is an option for where you want to send your money. And then you can also donate directly through the YWAM Mazatlan page. And you just have to select staff member or staff fees. I don't remember. They type my name in, and that's also tax deductible. Those are the three ways. So we'll be in prayer about that. I enjoyed this. We're proud of you. Thanks so much. Thank you. listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand, imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.